Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. Well, good morning. Hopeful expectation. Man, I'm telling you, that gets me. That's incredible. Hopeful expectation. Have you ever been expecting something and it turned out a little different than you thought? Hmm? Anybody? Anybody? Expecting something a little? Okay. So in our first appointment, uh, we were blessed to have a, uh, his, an Hispanic ministry with us. They met uh, in the afternoons. We met in the mornings. The youth groups worked together uh, and... Uh, would always come together, and it was during Christmas. They, we'd done a lot of, a lot of new kids had joined the core, both the Anglo core and the Hispanic, the Spanish-speaking core. And uh, this little girl, her name was Ospina. She came running up to Wendy, and she said, Mrs. Morris, Mrs. Morris, in the Christmas musical, I'm the star. And Wendy said, oh, that's wonderful. Are you the baby Jesus? She goes, no, no. Mrs. Morris, I'm the star. And she goes, oh, you must be Mary. And little Ospina says, who the heck is Mary? I'm the star. I'm the star. Just like you saw in that little video. The st- I, she was literally the star. But we should have said Maria, because she knew who Maria was, but she didn't get who the heck is Mary. Well, today we're going to answer a little bit of that question of who the heck is Mary? What, what is this about Mary? I want to start with uh, a th- the thought about this song that we have known since 1984. Mary, did you know? We'll go through the words of that later on this morning. I want to share with you a personal example of when I thought I knew something, and I didn't. And I learned I was wrong. And I will tell you, my wife was nice enough to correct me. Isn't that great? Don't you love that? So this is prior to our being married. This goes back a ways. We were visiting her parents in Long Island, and she had some family friends, neighbor friends, whatever, that had moved to New Hampshire and invited us to come visit in New Hampshire. And so we did. Now, this is 1985, 6-ish. And so uh, take away the cell phone, take away GPS, take away all that. We're working on a map. And we find our way to their house somehow in New Hampshire. I can't imagine how we used to do that, really, on a map. But we did. Uh, we, we found our way to their house. Spent the afternoon with them. It's getting a little late. We probably ought to get back on the road. It's supposed to snow, whatever. And uh, so we get in the car. And Wendy says these words to me. Do you know how to get home? <laughs> I got this. Not a problem. I remember how we got here from the highway I'm going to retrace my steps, and I'm going to get back to the highway. Not a problem. Problem. I didn't have a clue where I was going, and I thought I'd just kind of fake my way through this. Well, it it didn't go well until that point in time came when I found myself on a side road parallel to the interstate I needed to be on to get back to Long Island. And I thought, 
I'm going to drive this road until it allows me access to the highway. That, that didn't do any better for me. There was no access to the highway. And so plan C, three, entered my mind. In front of me whipped a semi, 18-wheeler. I didn't say anything to Wendy, but I thought, I'm going to follow that truck because that truck's going to get on that highway. And we followed that truck for about 40 minutes. And when that man pulled his semi up in front of his home at the <laughs> end of a cul-de-sac, he got out of the truck and he came back to me and he said, what are you doing, man? And I just looked at him and I said, I, 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 uh, I assumed you would take me to the highway. He said, I got off the highway before you got behind me and I'm, I was headed to my house. My, my explanation to my wife as to why I did what I did was this. Trucks don't live places. That one did. That truck driver did. He lived in a house with a family and a front yard. And he pulled this truck up in front. And then he had to describe to me how to backtrack again to try and get to the highway. Boy, sometimes we think we know something and we really don't. I want to look at Mary. I want you to turn with me to the scripture that's already been read today. If you have it on your phone or iPad or whatever, or if you have it in the book, turn with me. We're going to work this scripture a little bit, but I want to look at Mary in what is, for me, a new light, in a new way. And I want to look from a perspective of not necessarily the Christmas manger story uh, focused in on that moment or those moments. I want to look at Mary from a broader perspective. And I want to ask the question today, do we look at our own situations as individual circumstances disconnected to other things that have happened in our lives? Or do we see them much the way God sees them in a circumspect way that connects the dots for us sometimes? Uh, we often say, Wendy and I often say, the greatest thing about getting old is you get to know Scripture, you get to know God, but God gives you plenty of examples in your own experience that you can look back and say, oh, you know what? I know God's faithful because of what he did for me there. And I know God will never leave me because of when I felt like he was leaving me, he did this for me there. I want to look at Mary from that perspective today. And so let's look at this scripture. We're going to begin in verse 26, and we'll read for just a minute, and then I'll stop us. In the, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Interesting that scripture doesn't begin with her name. Mary, Maria, whatever, however you'd like to refer to her, it doesn't begin with. And there was a woman named Maria. Because the primary focus of why Maria or Mary is in this story is because God wants us to understand I'm doing something different here. I'm doing something different because Mary happens to be her name, but the part of the story I don't want you to miss is that she's a virgin. 
I want you to understand that. I want you to hear that. I want you to experience that. God is saying, she's a virgin. That's important as we read on. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, this is during a long period of quietness with God, from God. I want you to put yourself in Mary's Shoes for just a minute. Sandals, if you will. When an angel comes to you in today's time, today, this afternoon, and says to you, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Anybody want to tell me, what's your, what's your first thought when that happens? Today, this afternoon, while you're at home. What's your first thought? Anybody? you got to be kidding, okay? Yeah, yeah. I think if I were to put myself in her shoes, I think at some point around you, I would have heard that right in my ear where sometimes I'm stuck on a word or I'm stuck on an expression or I'm stuck on an experience and I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear a thing you said. You're what? You're, you're going to what? You're going to do what? I think she probably did it again when he announced what's going to happen with her and what he's done. I'm, I'm sorry. Now, Mary probably knew it was prophesied that this would happen to somebody, right? But wait a minute. I'm that somebody? Me? Little old me? Are you kidding me? I would think my mind would go in a hundred different directions as to why this can't be right. It can't be me. I'm not old enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not learned enough. I'm not married. God, are you kidding me? God's, the angel says, hey, here's, don't be afraid. Here's what I'm going to do. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be, I bet. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary then responds with, wait, I, I, I heard that first part. I want to I ask you this. I'm going to have a baby thing because I'm not, I've never been with a man. I'm a, do you understand this? I'm a virgin. Everything else just paled. In, nothing. I, uh, but here's the amazing thing about it. She didn't question whether God could do it. She questioned, how will you do this, God? Because in my linear world, virgins don't get pregnant. I want, I wanna, I want us to embrace this fact today. I think it's a fact. I think Mary absolutely embraced God for who he was 
and for what he said he was going to do. But God loves her so much, not just because she's highly favored. God loves her so much. He goes on to explain Elizabeth's story. You see, here's what I think. I think God doesn't, as often as we think, expect us to have blind faith. I think he expects us to have faith, but then he'll say to us, listen, you think this is crazy? Elizabeth is already six months pregnant, right? This story didn't start with you, Mary. You're the, you're the second chapter of the story that I've woven together. So I'm not asking you just to believe me because I'm God and I created you and I love you and I have a plan for you. I'm going to show you in your linear thinking that I've already done this. Go find your cousin Elizabeth. You'll see that she's pregnant. And the key of the sixth month is, in that tradition, you didn't often talk about your pregnancy until the sixth month because the sixth month the baby was moving. Amen, moms? Right? You're not just going to see that she looks pregnant. You're going to go see that she is pregnant. And you're going to see that the baby in her is real and alive. And I'm giving you that as one point in the story to tie back to, I'm already who I said I was. I'm already who I've proven to be to you. And so I don't just expect you, Mary, to take it and go, okay, whatevs. I expect you to know that I'm true in what I'm saying because I'm God, but I'm going to give you a sign. In fact, I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to have a, a, another angel go to Joseph. So you don't, how am I going to explain this to, nah, fine, done, fine. I'm telling you, as I studied this, it just overwhelmed me with the fact that God loves us so much. He doesn't really want us to go with hidden things going on. We're just not very good at connecting the dots. We're just not good at connecting the dots because we think differently than God thinks. God sees the wide angle lens. He sees Mary being born. He sees she's engaged. She's betrothed to Joseph. He knows it's going to be hard for them. And then somebody decides, oh yeah, uh, by the way, everybody needs to go back to their uh, uh, country of origin. And so they get on an 80 to 100 mile walk with a pregnant lady. Anybody? Any of you guys into that? Anybody want to go? Here's the thing. She didn't have to go. She wasn't of that family and lineage yet. She could have stayed home and let everybody else take care of her. But God had said, this is your family. I've deemed this your family. And I don't know that she pieced it all together, but God needed them to get to where it had been prophesied this baby would be born. And David was in that line and in that lineage, and that's why they had to get there. I don't think they'd have just said, you know, honey, I think we ought to just go take a vacation. We ought to walk 80 miles and hang out in a stall somewhere. Are you in? You go? I, I think God's called us to that. I think we should do that. Honey, I love you, but you're crazy. You're crazy. I just, I just read this story from a very different perspective than I've seen it because we love this picture and we love to see 
Mary's engagement and Joseph's engagement and the wise men. And the, we, 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 we think we know what we need to know about the whole thing. And Jesus, no, don't ever tell anybody I said Jesus wasn't the focus. Jesus is the only focus in the manger scene. But God loved the players, the participants so much. He said, I'm going to do this. But before you tell me it's impossible, let me tell you about Elizabeth. And I'm doing that because nothing is impossible with God. Do not be afraid. You will be with child. Coincidence? Picked out of 100,000 women that could have been picked? Uh, that one. Or God's plan? I think God's plan. I think God planned it that way. I used to preach this sermon. I don't anymore because I, I can't validate that it's actually factual. But in my mind, it makes a little bit of sense. The crossing of the Red Sea. Somebody has posted online, you know, everything on the Internet's true. So take that, take that for what it's worth. I have seen, I cannot validate this to be true. But I want to just jog your thinking a minute. Uh, satellite pictures, some say, have shown an underwater bridge visible from satellite about the place they would have crossed. So that uh, maybe the water, maybe they weren't on 50 feet of water, maybe it was 20 feet. And the time that they would have crossed, it would have been low tide during that time. And I'm thinking, does that take away from the miracle? To me, it's a greater miracle. Because if you think about God not being limited by time and space, why wouldn't he create that bridge there during creation? He knew it might be needed. Now, I can't validate for you that that's actually what happened, but I'm challenged with the thought that why would, why would that ruin the whole miracle if God planned it at the time of creation? We think Moses got to the Red Sea and said, oh, what do I do? And God said, oh, oh I didn't plan for this. Uh, oh, I'm going to part the waters. And Moses, what? No, that's not God. God had a plan from the beginning of time. It's an interesting study. I don't know where it goes. But I'm not bothered if that's actually what happened at creation. Because I believe God has plans for us. And I believe God knows where we are. And I believe God doesn't just say to us, Mary, I'm going to do this. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. You're just going to have to abandon your reality, their state of reality, and believe that I'm doing some crazy things here. No, he says, go see your cousin. Go talk to your husband-to-be. Go share with this person. Go share with that person. When they entered the temple after Jesus was born, eight days, they took him to be blessed. And again, prophecies were fulfilled with people like Simeon there waiting, being told by an angel that he would not die before he saw the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords. And it was true. This term, Mary pondered all these things in her heart. I'm telling you, if she wrote her story today, we wouldn't begin to imagine all the dotted lines that God built around her during all those situations. Let's fast forward a little bit. When, uh, when Mary was at the party and they were running out of wine, now she's been hanging out with God, Jesus, for a few years now. 
And I don't know if she knew what he was going to do in miracles, but she sort of said, I have a problem. Uh, what are we going to do about this? And Jesus began his miracles. I don't, I don't know that she knew that would happen, but I know that she knew when I'm in distress, when the party host is in distress, I'm going to go to someone that can do something about it. And she'd learned through her experience with raising Jesus that he was going to do something about it. Fast forward again to her watching him be crucified. Nobody wants to enter that space as a mother or a father to think that this is just the way it is. But she knew from the prophecy of his birth that to you is born a savior for all mankind. Now she understood the concept of savior because when she went to the temple in her eighth day, in Jesus' eighth day to have him uh, blessed, she gave up a sin offering, not for her son, but for her own sin. She understood she needed to be absolved from the guilt of her sin. And in that day, you did it with an offering. I'm in line at Kroger a few weeks ago, and this catches my eye. It's Time Magazine's magazine. It's a reprint of a 2012 edition. Jesus, who do you say that I am? And it's about 12 different articles about different aspects of Jesus and who people say that he is. Here's a, here's a concept I hadn't thought of. On Christmas, when much of the world celebrates the birth of Jesus, little thought is given to Joseph and Mary, arduous 100-mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The Gospels provide few details, but research by archaeologists and biblical scholars enable us to envision the route taken by the couple through the Holy Land. By the end of the first day of their journey, they would have passed the Sea of Galilee, which would be the setting for many dramatic chapters in their son's remarkable life. Thirty years after his parents skirted the sea, Jesus would preach the Sermon on the Mount there. All of her time with Jesus was foreshadowing things to come. The whole experience of them going to Nazareth was walking the way that Jesus would then have his ministry. None of that is surprising to God. None of that is, wow, I didn't know that would happen. Here's where I want to land. God, from the beginning of time, grafted Mary's story into the story of Jesus. Grafted it from the very beginning. Her whole life emulated, I'm raising the Son of God. Grafted into the story. He loved her so much, he gave points along the way to say, it's still me, I'm still engaged, I still know what's going on. He loved her so much. He gave points in time where she could look in her own expression and experience and go, 
isn't God incredible? Look what he did for me there. Look what he did to me there. Look at how my life is changing. But here's where I want us to land today. God doesn't love Mary any more than he loves you and me. God has woven a plan together for every single one of us. And sometimes, because we think linearly, we're not thinking about, oh, that connects to that, connects to that, connects to that. And all of it proves that God is exactly who he says he is, and he's doing exactly what he says he can do. I would, I would suggest to you, when you hear these words, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kissed the face of God. The blind will see, the dead will hear, the, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. I would contend to you today that the miracles that Jesus conducted while he was on earth, Mary didn't need to know. Mary didn't need to know because she knew the one who weaved him into her womb. The details didn't matter in the end. Did you know he's going to walk on water? Not surprising. I mean, he's God, right? Did you know he's going to uh, heal the sick? Maybe. Did you know? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I know the one who grafted me into the vine that, that, that no one else can. Now, the story of my being lost is a very precious memory for me because I'm not proud of the story and being lost and thinking trucks don't live places, but I'm telling you, the more I live on this planet, the more I'm convinced one of the challenges of those of us who believe is remembering what it was like to be lost. And the nature of lostness being reality. And I go back to that story. I can't tell you how many times. Because the last thing I want to do. And I hope the last thing you want to do. Is gather around with people. Only those that know what you know. And believe as you believe. And think the way you think. And talk the way you talk. Because the whole dotted line system of connectedness. Falls short if all we do is talk about how Mary is, how great Mary is right here. There are people, gobs of people around this planet that read something like this and go, yeah, like they do in the first article. I mean, he could be God, or he could be a good prophet, or he could be, let me tell you two things that separate us from everyone else that worships. The virgin birth and the resurrection. What else you got? Oh, it's enough for me.
It's enough for me. Because the virgin birth is not just a point in time where God says, well, I'm going to do this, and it doesn't affect anything else. It doesn't impact anything else. It affects and it impacts every one of us because God has woven us into this story as well. And he comes to us and he says, the Lord is with you. I know your path. Don't be afraid. I will be with you. And I'm afraid sometimes our tendency is to go back to our own experience and our own minds and go, well, you know, I'm not so sure, God, because uh, I didn't know I'd be right here. I never pictured me doing this. I didn't know, I didn't know you were, I'm not feeling like you're taking care of me, not the way I want to be taken care of. All the talk back that happens misses the fact that God created a baby. I'd love, uh, we won't but I'd love in today's culture to figure out the DNA of Jesus because there was a male human seed implanted. Interesting. doesn't matter. I don't need to know the specifics. I don't need to know the details because you know what I know? That baby was born fact. I believe it. Do you believe it? Amen? That baby was born through the Spirit of God. That baby was intended to be our Savior from that moment beyond, before and since time forever. And that baby was born for me to allow me to be woven into the tapestry of God. Let us never forget what it was to be lost. Let us, let us during this time of year be so conscious of those that God has allowed us to bump into in our neighborhood or meet at the store or whatever and pray for God to give us an opening to share with them what's different about our perspective of Christmas versus maybe everybody else's. Mary knew who God was. Mary proved to herself and God proved to her I am who I say I am, and I'll do as I say I'm going to do. And the question I have for you is, do you know him that way? Do you just read the story glibly every Christmas and go, yep, nothing's changed. Same as last year, same story, 39th verse, 103rd verse, whatever. I, I, I'm just convicted that God wants to see us, God wants us to see this story in a new light every time we read it. And this year for me, Mary was the one, every year I take a character and I study. And this year for me, Mary was the study. And it blows my mind to think God didn't stop having plans for people after Mary. God has a plan for me. That woven together, that specific, that intricately designed. Who am I to think I'm going to make it better? Who am I to think I know better? Who am I to think it doesn't matter what it was like to be lost because now I'm found? We're going to close with this chorus. Oh, come, let us adore him. And I want us to think differently even about this chorus. Because you can think, oh, come, let us adore him about the birth of this baby. But I want to expand that this morning, that we're adoring the one who created, maybe that's the wrong term, the one who allowed the baby to be born 
so that we could have a sacrifice. It's the only way we were woven into the story. Adore him this morning for who he is in weaving together your story and grafting you and me into his story. It makes all the difference in the world. I pray that it's making a difference for you today and I pray that God will instill that, will, will plant that seed in you of understanding and realizing, God, you are exactly who you say you are. You do exactly what you say you can do. And I will not wait one more minute to believe you and trust you because of all the times you've proven to me already that you're a trustworthy God. Father, sometimes we don't know what it means to follow you. We don't know what today looks like or tomorrow or the next day. But we sometimes forget you know every step along that path. Today we honor you for being that engaged with us. We thank you for the story of Mary being young and impressionable, but understanding from the start, God, you are who you say you are. You're going to do what you say you're going to do. And thank you for the signs around me that just um, encourage me to understand you are God. God, you show us that in countless ways. May we be faithful in adoring you and in praising you and acknowledging you today and this season, but may it last far beyond the season because you continue to weave us into your tapestry. We're grateful for being allowed to be children of yours, and we sing this praise to you again this morning. Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.